Superhero stories are so captivating. They engage us on so many different levels. And, uh, you know, emotionally, they, they're, they're filled with stories about relationship. Uh, they fill us with hope uh, that the world can be a better place if only a few people would step up and stand up for justice. Uh, they, they fill us with a deep sense of desire and longing uh, to be able to have some kind of superpower. Now, I don't know about you guys, but growing up, uh, I always wanted to fly. I wanted to be just like Superman. I wanted to be able to fly, uh, but maybe some of you just really wanted super strength, uh, or maybe you, you wanted super speed, um, and maybe some of you are just a little bit weird and you wanted to talk to fish. I don't know. There are tons of different superheroes out there. Their stories are fascinating. Um, but as these superheroes become more well-known, we kind of get this desire to uh, look into their origin story, to look into uh, what is kind of behind uh, the superhero and uh, how things started. Where did they come from? Uh, what makes them super? And, and how did they get their powers? About 10 years ago, uh, I decided that I wanted to take a deep dive into uh, comic books. And in particular, I, I, I decided that I really wanted to figure out just one superhero. And so uh, I decided that I was going to look into, I was going to learn, I was going to engage with the story of the Green Lantern. And uh, to this day, uh, I really enjoy the story of the Green Lantern and uh, the power rings and, and the stories of those who wield them. And uh, it, it, it's, it's such a, a much deeper story than anything that a Ryan Reynolds movie is going to show you. And so uh, the, the origin story is very interesting when it comes to uh, the Green Lantern, because unlike other superheroes, uh, we, we don't really have just one Green Lantern. There are many Green Lanterns. We know that, you know, Superman is Clark Kent and Batman is Bruce Wayne. And no one really cares who Aquaman is anyways. Uh, but who is the Green Lantern? And, and, and what is their background? What is their story? Well, like I said, there are multiple Green Lanterns. In fact, there are thousands of Green Lanterns. Uh, it, it, this is actually a police force that is charged with keeping order in the universe. And so many, many Green Lanterns have many, many origins, but most of them will boil down to this one common similarity. And that is that they have the ability to overcome great fear. And they have then been chosen by one of the, the power rings to represent the green light in the universe. This is a call that every Green Lantern is given and they have to choose as to whether or not they will accept. And as we 
go through this series talking about uh, biblical characters, particularly characters that we find in the Old Testament and how they are heroes of the faith. I can't help but see the similarities between the two because I'm just a bit of a nerd like that. And so we're going to look in the Bible today. We've talked about Abel. We've talked about Noah. And uh, we are today going to talk about Abraham. And, and Abraham historically is actually the Judeo-Christian origin story. Uh, Abraham is always looked to as the father of our faith. And so we've been going through this theme verse, Hebrews 11, 1 to 3, that says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was made out of, uh, made out of what was visible. And so we've been kind of unpacking this verse and talking about what it means to be a hero of faith. And today we find ourselves talking about Abraham and Hebrews 11 has this to say about Abraham by faith Abraham when called to go to a place uh, he would later receive as his inheritance obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going so let's let's take a look at Abraham's story and if if you want to follow along in your Bible it's it's a large passage of scripture. We're going to be dealing with Genesis 11 all the way to Genesis 22. And so uh, we're just going to be kind of summarizing some of these stories. We're not going to be able to get all of them in there. Uh, but if you want a full understanding of who Abraham is and what he means to our faith, go check that out sometime. Uh, it's really, really fascinating. And so, as we look at Abraham's story, we begin to discover not just Abraham's origin, but ours as well. As we look at Genesis, first off, uh, we find the hero uh, is, is in this place of chaos and confusion. Um, because, as we read before, uh, Noah had, uh, had gone through this terrible, chaotic flood. And, and after Noah, we see this instance of, of humanity trying to earn their way to God by building a tower to reach him. And uh, they are scattered throughout the world and their language is confused. And so this is the world that we find Abraham in centuries later. Uh, you'll see him referred to as Abram, but his name is later changed to Abraham. And for just simplicity's sake, I'm going to stick with Abraham today. And so we see Abraham, he's leaving his country of origin to follow God's calling. Abraham follows the, the calling and what ensues is his kind of bumbling around trying to live a life of faith. And, 
And while God is at work, he's shaping him into the hero that he has mentioned in Hebrews 11. So what makes Abraham a hero? Well, if you take the time to, to really look at Abraham's life, um, more often than not, you'll find he's acting in very unheroic ways. He sleeps with his slave from Egypt to try and fulfill for himself a promise that was from God to him and his wife. Uh, he tells Pharaoh that his wife is his sister so that Pharaoh could take her as his wife and wouldn't kill Abraham. Now, if I have to tell you what's wrong with these sentences, we can, we can have a conversation a little bit later and what's so unheroic about them. And then the interesting thing is he tells another king that his wife is his sister again so that he won't be killed. Abraham is definitely not a picture of moral perfection. He is not a person of impeccable moral character. And, and, and if I can just take some time to remind you at this point that these are just the things that got recorded. These are the things that someone said, yeah, that needs to be put down. And just so that we're all on the same page, God said that. God was the one that said that thing needs to be in there. Those things need to be in there. So why do we see Abraham's story as being a story of both failure and success. What we get from Abraham's story is that he's, he's not a hero of faith because of something he is able to muster up on his own. But his faith is also not something that God forces on him. Abraham's faith comes from God's faithfulness to him, and in return, him offering up his obedience to God. And this is something that's developed over time. This is a relationship at work. This is what it means to be a hero of faith. And ultimately, the way Abraham's faith ends up demonstrating itself is found in the story Genesis 22, verses 1 to 14. Let's read them here. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. On the mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took uh, with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. Uh, when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship 
uh, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the, uh, the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Now, some of you may be horrified by this scene. Uh, you may be looking and saying, uh, this, is, this is a terrible thing that, that God is asking Abraham to do. And I can't imagine what Abraham must have been thinking at this time. And so we have to take that same horror and put ourselves in Abraham's position. It must have taken a, an enormous amount of faith to do this. Now, it's interesting because in the narrative itself, in this story that we read, Abraham already displays some faith. And what does he say to Isaac when he asks, where's the offering? Abraham says, God will provide an offering. And so some have suggested that Abraham's confidence, Abraham's faith in this moment actually has nothing to do with the fact that he thinks he's going to have to kill his son. It's that he believes that God will actually intervene. And in fact, Abraham is mentioned once again in our, our kind of theme chapter here in Hebrews 11, later on in, uh, in verses 17 to 19. And this is what the author of Hebrews has to say about Abraham's faith in this moment. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He... Uh, who had embraced the promises. So the promise that, that God had given to Abraham was that through his son Isaac, very particular, through his son Isaac, would be all of the blessing. 
So Abraham had embraced the promises and he was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Abraham's faith was strong enough that, that he actually believed that even if he killed his son, that God would bring him back to life. He believed so heavily in God's promises. And I have to ask us, is this the kind of faith that we display in God? Do we really believe God's promises for us. I'll be honest. <laughs> I have trouble handing over uh, my plans for next week. Um, and Abraham is ready to hand over his entire life's plan. Everything rested in Isaac and he was ready to hand that over. I know that I still have a lot of work to be done when it comes to my faith. And so how was Abraham able to do this? How was a man kind of bumbling around and, and failing so many different times? How was he able to do this? How was he able to complete this task? How was he able to have this kind of faith? And we're tempted to give Abraham all the credit. But when we put it in the context of the entire story, understanding all of Abraham's misgivings, we see that God was with him all the time. That, that God was in fact beside him throughout all of this, proving his faithfulness to Abraham. God had shown himself to be faithful to Abraham time and time again through success and through failure. Abraham was not able to have this faith on his own. This is, this is not something of his own doing. It's, it's very much like the Green Lantern's power ring. It is something that has to be given to him. It is something that has to be offered up to him. And it's that same faith, that same power that is offered up to him. Abraham actually had to receive it. See, the opportunity to join God on this faith journey is an offer that was, that was offered to Abraham, and it's an offer that's extended to all people. The question that we must ask each and every one of us is, will we accept the call? Will we set aside all of our plans? Will we set aside all of our hopes? Will we set aside all of this to faithfully follow God? And, and the life of faith that I see presented in the Bible is a life, it's a life free from anxiety. It's a life filled with purpose 
And it's a life of, of unshakable joy. It's a life void of hurry and so much more. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I've got kids and I could use a lot of this. I could use a lot of this. And it's a life that is offered up to each and every one of us. But we need to remember the lessons learned from Abraham. Faith for you and I today, it's not something that we can simply conjure up. Uh, It's not something that we can do on our own apart from God. And, And ultimately, if you think that you can do this, if you think that you can, you can do this, you have faith in something else. And most likely that thing is yourself. The only way that we can realize how utterly dependent on God we are is when he reveals it to us. And we need to be able to see God's faithfulness before we can actually receive this faith of our own. So whether that be through scripture, reading, reading the Bible, understanding the story, whether that be through teaching, coming to a place like this to learn about God's story, or whether that be through other followers of Jesus, people that you know, we have to come to a realization of how faithful God truly is. And seeing it and how he has done that in history and the lives of others. The next thing that we can do uh, after this is we can pray for God to reveal how he has been faithful in our lives. In our story. And how we can see him at work today. After seeing God's faithfulness both in the past and in our lives now, we can understand when God is calling us to step out, to take another step of faith. And there have been many times that God has asked me to do something. He's asked me to go somewhere. He's asked me to leave something. And it definitely hasn't been easy But I have seen what happens and how faithful God has been in those moments. And and at times it looks like there is is no plan after that. Uh, I just have to trust him. I have to trust him. I have to trust that he is good and that he is leading me somewhere important. And that can be difficult. And I know that I... At times, in my own ignorance, I try to take over. Um, but then, and, and I, try to, I try to manage it on my own. I try to do things on my own, just like Abraham did, right? But then there are other times where I, I play the whole Jesus take the wheel game. And I say, God, you're just going to do all of this. You're going to take over. You're going you're gonna to do this. And what we need to understand about this is that God's ultimate goal for his relationship with humanity is partnership. There's, there's give and take. God wants to give us 
faith. God wants to give us something to live for, but that's something that we have to receive. That's something that we have to move on as well. This is why Abraham is a hero of faith. Because he heard God's call, and as difficult as it was at times, he began to develop this relationship in which he could trust God more fully. And because through watching his relationship with God, ours can be like that as well. And maybe you're hearing this today. Maybe you're hearing this today and you're, you're just trying really hard. You've been, you've been trying really hard at this faith thing. And, you know, you've, you've been doing all of these things. You've been taking all of these steps. You've been, you've been doing the things that you think you're supposed to be doing. I want to tell you to stop. Stop with all the doing. Stop with all the striving. Stop with all your working. Stop trying to earn it and open your eyes to see how God is faithful and, and, and trust that he is trying to give this over to you as well. Trust that he is trying to offer you something and see how faith in him is something that, that he can be shown to be trustworthy You don't have to take all the steps towards him. In fact, he has made many steps towards you. You just need to open up your eyes and see him. He has a purpose and a role for you to play in his beautiful creation. The question that we have to ask ourselves is this. Do we trust him? Do we trust him in that role? Will we put our lives, our hopes, and our dreams in his hands, regardless of the cost? And maybe, maybe you're hearing this today, and you've put yourself on the sideline. God is, is not looking for robots to control. That is not what he sees in humanity he is looking for people to be in relationship with. God desires to see his kingdom come through willing and faithful people. Will we join him in this mission or will we be satisfied to sit it out? These are the questions that we need to ask ourselves this morning because faith and being a hero of faith is more than just having it forced upon you. And it is so much more than, than us trying to do it ourselves. It is a partnership with God, one where he proves himself to be faithful and trustworthy and we willingly put our faith and trust in him. I've got some next steps here for us to consider this week. Uh, number one, be open to seeing and receiving God's faithfulness through scripture, teaching, and prayer. Let's, let's be open to hearing what God is 
uh, doing and what he has done. Let's see God's faithfulness this week. Open up our eyes. Second, choose faith. Once we, once we have seen God's faithfulness and his trustworthiness, we can now choose faith. So you're going to be challenged at various points this week. Take time to stop in these moments and choose what is faithful to God. He has given us an opportunity. He's not going to do it all for us, but he is giving us opportunities to be faithful to him. And number three, step out in faith by answering the call. Not only does God give us opportunities to be faithful to him in the challenges that we see, he also gives us opportunities to be faithful to him by calling us out into deeper faith. And so, where are you in your journey today? Is God calling you to take a step of faith by uniting your life with Jesus? Maybe taking that first step is God calling you to grow deeper in your faith? Is, is he calling you to examine uh, your faith a little bit more closely and in relationship with other people? Or is God calling you to live a life that inspires others to see God's faithfulness in the world? God wants partners, not robots. God, God wants people to be the the medium with which his kingdom is brought here and now. And we are each called to different steps in this faith journey. And I hope that you'll be able to take a step this week, whatever that may be for you personally. And so I'm just going to close us in a word of prayer. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity um, to, to see and examine your word and the things that you have done in the past. God, I thank you for the opportunity to unpack some of this teaching. I thank you for everyone uh, who, is, who is able to hear, who is able to see this teaching today. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would be with them that you would be guiding them, you would be comforting them, you would be reaching out to them, showing them your faithfulness today. And I pray, I pray that the courage and the strength to reach out and to grab it would be there. I pray, God, that, uh, that lives would be changed as we take steps further and further, deeper and deeper in relationship, closer and closer to you and more and more faithful each day. This is what I pray for us, God. And I pray that, that as the week goes on, that we would be challenged by this. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.